Anyway, so we started the first two weeks talking about relationships in general. Last week we talked about marriage cooties, and today we're going to finish up talking about family cooties. Um, and so when, when you hear the word family, uh, you might think of your spouse and your kids. You might think of your parents. Um, you might think of, of maybe uh, your family being you and your four-legged friends because you're child-free. Um, you might think of uh, your siblings when I say family. You might think of the extended family like grandparents and aunts and uncles and that, that big family that you might have. When you hear family, you might even think of the really close friends you have in your life that have become, um, here's a word for you, family. So they're like your really close friends that have become family, like where you are. Um, when you hear family, you might also think, because you're here on a Sunday morning, you might also think about the church. You might think about the body of Christ as, as a church family. Here we are. So whatever you think of when you hear this word family, here's what I, I know for a fact, this, that wherever, whatever you're, you, when you envision family, when I say the word, I'm certain that there is a good dose of cooties going on in that family. And what I mean by that is um, there's probably some hurt feelings or has been or will be or are currently going on or some frustrations or some irritations or some aggravations, you know, all the shuns we could put in there. You know, jealousy, anger could be going on. Um, there could even just be an all-around disdain for a particular person. I mean, this is what goes on in families, right? Whatever, you know, you're, you're, what you envision when I say family, this can be happening. Is this true? Anyone want to agree with me? Okay, it doesn't, if you're nodding and you're sitting next to a family member, that doesn't mean you're saying about that person next to you. So it could be somebody else in the family. But. So what I want to do today as we wrap up this series, uh, where I'd like to go with this, is I just want us to see how we can apply some really just basic biblical, right out of Ephesians chapter 4, and how we can apply this. We're going to look at a few other verses as well. And just see how we can, we can let this um, settle in on how we can have better relationships, what our relationships are supposed to look like with our family. And um, that's where I want to go. The Apostle Paul, who wrote Ephesians, which we're going to look at in a minute, he, um, he understood this idea of family. Um, and he used the term over and over and over again in the New Testament, when you look at any of his writings, over and over again, he used the term, he referred to people he was writing to as brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, over and over again. Over 60 times in his writings, he refers to Christians as brothers and sisters. He understood this idea of the family in regard to the church. And he reminds us, I think, of who we are to be in our relationship. I, want, I just want to throw a, a few verses at you to just see how the scriptures support this idea of the family. 1 Peter 3 out of the Living Bible says this, You should be like one big happy family full of sympathy, sympathy toward each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. Another verse, Hebrews 2.11 says this, we are of the same family. See, we're in this together. 1 Peter 4.17 calls us the family of God. We're, we're a family, we're together. And one of my favorite passages in scripture, it really is, and it's one that I tend to use a lot, and it's the most challenging as well. It comes out of Romans 12. And it says this in verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts, like those parts that were flailing at me a minute ago, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. This is in verse 5 of Romans 12. Hear this. We are many parts of one body, 
and we all belong to each other. Family. We belong to each other. The good, the bad, the ugly. Family. We belong to each other. And in this individualistic world that we live in, in this, you know, be you, you know, I got to be me, uh, be true to myself, you know, in this culture that we live in, the idea of belonging to somebody, maybe somebody that you don't really like all the time or agree with all the time, that sounds very intrusive. It even sounds a little bit creepy when you think about it. Because sometimes I can step back and go, do I really want to, do I want to belong to Haley? <laughs> She's giving me a thumbs up, so I'm guessing so. But, so, but this, think about this. We belong to each other in the body of Christ. And so you've, maybe, you've probably heard me say this if you've come any, any number of times, that God designed us to not only be in relationship with him, but he designed us to be in relationship with each other. We were made this way. We, were, we are intended to be in relationship with other people. Family. We're intended to be in family. And so if we're, we're a follower of Christ, if, if you would put yourself in, the, in that boat and say, yes, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, we don't have the option to cherry pick everybody that's gonna be close to us. We don't have the option to take some and throw out the others. We're family. We belong to each other. John 13, 35, Jesus says this to us. He says, so now I am giving you a new commandment because here, let me stop there. When I say that we belong to each other, you might be thinking, but what about that, that one person? Oh, hang on, and there's that other person. <laughs> oh, and then I, I forgot about that person from that, la you know, yeah. You know, and the list starts to grow a little bit. I, I belong to them. I don't like them. I don't agree with them. They bother me. They irritate me. They frustrate me. They aggravate me. The words. What about them? Jesus says this in John 13, 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Notice Jesus didn't say your love for the people that you like will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus didn't say your love for those that vote like you will prove to the world that you are my disciples. It doesn't say that your love for those who you have never had a disagreement with will prove to the world that you are my disciples. There's none of that going on. He didn't say your love for those who root for the same team as you will prove to the world that you are my disciples. He said, your love for one another will prove to the world you are my disciples. Family. Our love for one another in family. And you know, one of the biggest complaints and observations people make about those of us who come to church on Sundays is how horribly we treat each other and the rest of the world. It's sad, it's true, and I'm very guilty of it too. Let me just make sure I throw myself in this with you. And think about this, husbands, wives, parents and children, in-laws, the outlaws, the extended family, the family that we have, members of the same church, it doesn't matter. I really don't think that we're very good, we're, we're doing a very good job of loving one another. 
Just this past week, I received an email from someone who didn't contact me to bash me or bash our church or any particular person. They just wanted me to know what they were experiencing. And they wanted to know how, to, how we could move beyond it. And um, I have to tell you that this email, it pained me deeply. And um, I shared portions of it with some of our leadership to get their thoughts and feedback. And it hurt me because I, I feel like I failed this person. It hurt me because I feel like I have failed the church in not instructing um, us, you all, in how we are to be the family of God. Um, it says in, uh, also in Ephesians 4, it says that, that my job as a pastor is to equip you to do the work of the church, to equip you to do God's work, to build up the family of faith. So I felt like I failed in that a little bit. Um, so with, the, with this person's permission, I want to share a portion of their email. I love this church. As soon as I walked into the doors, I felt extremely welcomed. Right away after filling out my connection card, I received emails from a couple of different people, including you. I didn't attend regularly for a while, but I've been attending regularly again since February. Unfortunately, since I've been back, I feel very separated from everyone. Growing up, I had a very strong church family that impacted my life in a very positive way. Being away from family, I don't really have anyone here. I need to put myself around good Christian people. I love the church. I feel like I need to be here, but I don't know my next step. You all have such a tight group in your church and your faith is beaming all around you, but I can't help but feel pushed away and unwelcomed. Since February, I haven't had one conversation with anyone in the church. I hardly get a hi, how are you, anymore. I've never had an issue with talking and being outgoing. I knew I just needed to email you and talk with you and get your guidance. So like I said, that email hurt. Um, but isn't that the way we are with family? Sometimes. Um, sometimes in marriages where one spouse doesn't feel important enough or loved enough by the other one. Um, with parents and siblings where sometimes you just can't seem to get along. With, with that family, with friends, you know, where someone feels left out or someone feels unnoticed, someone feels forgotten, overlooked. We can sometimes feel very alone in the middle of the biggest family. There are people who will be in their homes tonight surrounded by children and a spouse and they will feel very alone. And there are people who will walk in the doors of the church and sit in a room full of people and feel very alone. Now this person I have communicated several times since, since I got that email and they're plugging into a small group this week and they've, we've reached out to them and I have, I have asked for forgiveness from them. Um, 
But what I want us all to hear today is this, is that we are family. Uh, we're created to be in family. We're created to be in relationship with each other. And so like I did last week, what I want to do with just the rest of this time together is I just want to walk through a passage in, in um, like we did with Colossians last week, I want to walk through this passage in Ephesians 4 about family. Whatever your family is that you envision, and maybe it can apply to your your uh, immediate family or extended family or that family I talked about. I mean, it, it can be a lot of things. It could, it could talk about your small group. It, it can apply to your church. But I just want us to walk through this passage together in Ephesians 4, and I want us to hear Paul's instruction to the church on how we are supposed to be the family, how we're supposed to do this and what this looks like. Um, sometimes when someone gets up to read, I zone out. And I just hope that you don't do that right now. Not because I want you to pay attention to me. I want you to hear the word of God and see how the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you and see if maybe you need to make a, a, some shifts in how you are relating to your family. So let's hear the word of God together, okay? Let's, let's focus in. Paul's words to the church. Beginning in Ephesians 4, chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Try always and uh, go to the next one for me. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. We are all parts of one body. We have the same spirit. I'm getting a different, um, am I getting a different version there? Are you ahead of me? Here we go, verse four. We are all parts of one body. We have the same spirit and we have all been called to the same glorious future. For us, there is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And we all have the same God and Father who is over us all and in us all and living through every part of us. Started out saying, be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Who is God calling to your mind right now? Verse 16, under his direction, the whole body is fitted together, fitted together perfectly, and each part in its own special way helps the other parts so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Who's God calling to mind right now? Verse 25, stop lying to each other. Tell the truth. You know, we can, re we can hear that right now and go, well, hang on, I'm not just blatantly lying to anybody, but, you know, sometimes we do. Sometimes we're lying by withholding what needs to be said. Maybe there's someone we really need to talk to, and every time we see them, we immediately go, oh, I got it. Oh. And we just keep holding it in. 
Stop lying to each other. Tell the truth, for we are parts of each other. There's that belonging to each other. And when we lie to each other, we're hurting ourselves. Verse 26, if you are angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. Any of us have any grudges here this morning? We're holding against others. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, with you still angry. Get over it quickly. For when you're angry, you give a mighty foothold to the devil. I could talk about this for an hour or more. When you and I hold a grudge in our heart, when we hold hardness in our heart against another person, we are opening up that door to let the enemy come in. And some of us have flung the doors wide open. Some of us have put like a grand opening sign over those doors with balloons and those wacky air things that they have at car dealerships saying, come on in. This is what we do. Who have you been angry towards towards whether they even know it or not. See, we're family. We're family. Verse 29, don't use bad language. You know, immediately we think to ourselves, oh, don't cuss. No, it's not just that. Say only what is good and helpful to those you are talking to and what will give them a blessing. Have you been speaking blessings over people, even if they're not present? Or do you find yourselves often speaking the opposite of a blessing, which is a curse, over people that you just don't really like, even though they're part of your family? Because these are instructions for the family. Verse 31, stop being mean, bad-tempered, and angry. Quarreling, harsh words, and dislike of others should have no place in your lives. Face-to-face, this should be true. Online, this should be true. Text, this should be true. In our thoughts, this should be true. It should have no place in our lives because we're family. Verse 32, instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. And if you belong to Christ and I belong to Christ, guess what? We belong to each other. We're family. We're family. And so this passage, what it should do is it should remind us of how to treat one another. It should remind us of how to treat our family, our family filled with cooties. I don't know about you, but as I was preparing this message and walking through this text in Ephesians 4, God called to mind a lot of 
people and circumstances that I've had to ask forgiveness for. Some of which I need to ask forgiveness for with in to others. And some I need to just let it be between me and God. And I hope that's the case with you as well. Whatever your definition of family is, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your extended family, your family, those people that are important to your life. We belong to each other. And as much as we want them to accept us and, all, and our warts and all, folks, we need to start to practice this. So I want to do a better job as your pastor in teaching this. I want to do this. I want to do a better job of this as a wife. I want to do a better job of this as a mother. I want to do a better job of this as a friend. Because we belong to each other. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray this morning that we would not let your, your word through your servant Paul be on deaf ears. I also pray that, that, it, so that, that, yes, it would get through the ears, but I also pray that it wouldn't land on a hard heart. I pray, Lord, that we would have a receptive heart this morning. Lord, that we would be able to be the body of Christ in all its glory. That we would be able to live out the truths of your gospel. We'd be able to live out the redeemed life that you have given to us all. And it would be evident to the world. They would know that we belong to you because of the way we live. Because of the way we love because of the way we deal with difficult circumstances and difficult people, the world would know that we belong to you because we love those that we belong to here on earth. And Lord, my prayer is that we would get over ourselves. Too many of us, myself included, feel justified sometimes for not loving others. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. I am so thankful that I belong to you. And I am so thankful that I belong to this family here at this church. In Jesus' name.